Hello, welcome back to Give It a Chai. My name is Quinn, and I am drinking Pink Flamingo from Milk and Honey Tea Company. I'm Lily. I'm drinking Dell's Rose from Milk and Honey. It seems like I did this intentionally, but I honestly just drink this black tea pretty much every day. Uh, it's my favorite black tea. So <laughs> Yeah, and it so, seems intentional because we actually yeah. have a third person here with us this time. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Today we're joined uh, by a very special guest. Alexis, founder of our one of our favorite loose leaf tea companies, Milk and Honey. Milk and Honey is a Florida-based tea company with over 40 blends of loose leaf tea, and we're so excited to learn all about it from the tea aficionado herself. So with that, Alexis, what tea are you drinking this morning? Good morning. I'm actually drinking um, our black currant tea. I've been really enjoying it iced, but I wanted it hot today. It is lightly fruity. Not too much. And then I have cedar hive honey in here, just a regular orange blossom, and it really complements the uh, black currant nicely. So it's hot, and I have a whole pot of it because it's that yes. kind of morning. It's a pot morning. We, I think yep. all three of us yeah. did it this morning, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I mean, my teapot is not nearly as fancy as yours, Alexis. Mine is from Ikea, but yours has these beautiful, like, poppy. Are those poppy flowers? It's beautiful. Yeah. So the the teapot is actually from my bridal shower. It's a Russian tea set, and I was asked by my mom what my favorite flower was, and I kind of like all flowers, Yeah. so it was very difficult for me to pick one. I was like, yeah, I really like poppies. I like the way that they look in, you know, any kind of arrangement. And they're kind of unique and a little different. I also like, you know, like ranunculus. And so anyways, this is what I got. And I, I love it. So I drink out of it almost every day. Oh, it makes I me love happy. that. It's so That's beautiful. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So uh, let's, let's go super basic. First thing we want to ask is what inspired your love of tea? Are you a lifelong tea drinker? Is this more recent? Okay, I'm a lifelong tea drinker. It's actually a multi-generational thing, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So when I was growing up, around the time I started kindergarten, my mom was pregnant with my little brother, and uh, she wanted a way to connect with me. And so every afternoon when I got home from school, we would sit around the kitchen table and we would drink tea. When we started, it was it was cheaper teas. It was, you know, not the best quality teas for sure, but it was it was the time. It was that tea had become a vehicle for us to have conversations. And what was really cool about that was every single day around that kitchen table, even after college, uh, we would share a cup of tea. Uh, during college, it was on Skype because Zoom didn't exist, right. and, <laughs> uh, which Skype really dropped the ball. Let's talk about oh. that. They could have they could have oh. resurrected the last two years. But anyways, I digress. You know, it it was something that became part of my daily ritual was to sit around this this table and talk with someone about my day and our love for tea kind of sprang from there. But I found out that this was not, I was not the first generation that went through this. My grandmother, in a way to connect with my mom, my mom had seven siblings. That's a lot. And so all of these kids were constantly vying for my grandmother's attention. And my mom was able to get her attention every once in a while. My mom was much more quiet. And she was able to get her attention over a cup of tea before everyone else in the house woke up. The two of them would connect over a cup of tea with honey and, and peanut butter toast. Oh. And so, <laughs> and so it was, you know, that was their way of connecting. And then my mom brought it into our lifestyle. And it's a way that I started connecting with my husband when we were dating. We would have, you know, tea time together. So it's been more than just the beverage. Right. Yeah. It is it is the activity of connecting with people. Yeah, that is Lily and I've talked about before, like around the world, how cultures mm -hmm. connect over tea. And while it's different, it's really similar in that like you just need that thing to sit down and, and share together. 
totally recognize that. Absolutely. Yeah, no, we've said, talked about like it's a way to sort of pause in your day just to sit down and have a cup of tea. Like we've compared it to sort of the coffee culture in America where it's like take your cup of coffee and go. And But tea is more about sitting down and relaxing and taking a moment to just appreciate and have a nice cup of tea. So we agree, yes. We're definitely seeing a trend to that as well. I think the past two years has shown Americans that this whole like rise and grind culture that we've been told that we have to live by is kind of changing. And so people are taking more of that time and they're trying to figure out how they can integrate moments of connection and moments of self-care throughout their day. And tea has become kind of a a moment, which has been really cool. It's amazing. So with your love of tea, this eventually inspired you to sort of experiment by making your own tea. So when did that sort of begin? So I started kind of getting into blending my own teas back in, gosh, what year is it? It's 2022. So probably. I mean, the year did just Probably. (laughs) Yeah, probably back in like 2017, 2018, I started really, you know, trying to figure out different blends, different flavor profiles, what really complemented what, because there are some things that black tea overpowers, right? Right. Whereas a green tea might be the perfect complement for it. That really started back in 2017. I started reading books on different herbal properties for me, it was really more about how did it taste. Okay. And I can I can sit there and blend something and be like, okay, what I thought in my head is not necessarily transpiring in the flavor. Right. So what do I need to add to this? But it's almost like cooking, right? You're sitting there and you're tasting a sauce and you're going, this is just not quite there. Right. It's not where I want it. So It's definitely a trial and error process to blend teas. I never want to put something out that isn't what I think is exactly what I envisioned Mm -hmm. in my head when I thought, oh, butter brew. Like when I think butter brew, I want it to taste exactly like a combination of salted caramel and butterscotch. And I want it to be magical. And if it's not like all three of those things... (laughs) then it's not going to work. So that one took a while. My masala chai was very similar in that I wanted I wanted a chai that was bold and spicy, but could also, if we didn't want to add milk, exist on its own without being overpowering. So, you know, it was it was one of those things like how do we how do we have it both bold enough for people who when they're drinking it with milk are not like, oh, you know, it's kind of a weak chai. Right. Because that's like, that's a sin. A chai should never be weak. We have talked about <laughs> this so much. We're like so tired of the Dunkin' and Starbucks chai that's just sugar and never again. Yeah. Mm-mm. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little cinnamon in there, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Like just <laughs> the smallest amount. It's funny. We, uh, Quinn and I tried to make our own DIY herbal blends. And what you were saying about, what you think in your head is going to mix well together. And then when you actually drink it, I was trying to do like a blueberry sort of mint tea and yeah, the mint just completely overpowered it and not really understanding like what flavors are going to be the base versus like a hint of flavor or sort of an accent. And so we're learning all about that. Quinn, I know yours turned out much better than mine, but that was our little experiment into making our own blend. So Well, I think part of it, too, is just, like, learning flavors in general, at least from what I was understanding with it. Because, like, I've been baking and making my own recipes for a really long time. So I have an understanding, like, when I made – wanted to make something with rose, rose is a super strong flavor that can easily overpower. So I was like, okay, I feel like this pairs well with black tea, which can do the same thing. So – and, you know, we had zero training in it. We just kind of, like, researched on the internet and read some books and – Right. Went for it. So did you have any training or are you very self-taught in the same way? So very self-taught. I love to cook. So flavors kind of come a little naturally to me. It was definitely a, a more self-taught. I have 
a number of things I would love to do. I would love to go get tea sommelier training and whatnot. A dream. But, you know, <laughs> a dream. To live in London um, and work at the Twinings Tea Factory. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> so it was actually interesting. I went to London this past year. Um, and yeah, it was fabulous. One of the most exciting parts to me was, so growing up, I'm going to confess, I did not like Earl Grey. I thought it was bitter. I know I'm making a confession. (laughs) Um, and I, I sat there and I was like, it just doesn't taste good. And that was because I was trying Earl Grey's that weren't great quality and Mm. they weren't using actual bergamot Mm -hmm. because bergamot is a pretty expensive oil that they use to flavor the tea. And so I, I tried a good cup of Earl Grey, oh my gosh, years and years ago. And I sat there and I was like, okay, if this is what it's supposed to taste like, Mm -hmm. then I want more of this. So I've been blending all of our own Earl Greys. I make Earl Grey creme, Earl Grey lavender, and just regular Earl Grey. And we're going to actually add a new one, which is Earl Grey Rose. I'm just working on perfecting that one. Oh, that is so exciting. (laughs) Lily, you had a question. No, I was just because I was thinking about the Earl Grey Rose. Now that you've mentioned it, Alexis, that's all I can think about. Are you using the same uh, rose ingredients that you're used that you used in Bella's rose? Is it the same rose components that you're going to use for the Earl Grey rose? So a lot of the same components, uh, similar uh, base tea. I believe I'm using an Assam for the base, uh, bergamot, rose petals. I'm looking to add in a few other little flowers in there to kind of mm. make it a little different. I'm excited. <laughs> If you make like a, a like variety pack of the Earl Grey, I think you, know, you do have one on the website. We do the Earl Grey pack. I, so yeah. my husband so, uh, coined it Earls, yeah. Earls, Earls. <laughs> Actually, that was one of my questions. I was like, who comes up with these names like Pink Flamingo and like Della's Rose? Is that named after someone? Some of them, we actually come up with all of the names of our teas, mm-hmm. um, and some of them stick, and some of them we've learned have to be renamed, because maybe it's a lot of times when we're at markets, it might be the first time someone is introduced yeah. to tea, and so they may sit there and go, oh, I, you know, oh, I don't like the name of that, or or something, and if I hear that enough, I go, okay. Well, we need to go back to the drawing board on this. It's not really enticing people, but the tea itself is enticing. So it's not getting its own fair shot. But a lot of them we come up with, Della's Rose is actually based off of a woman here in uh, Orlando who is a great philanthropist. And yes, uh, her name was Della Phillips. So she's named after Dr. Phillips' wife. And she had a notoriously beautiful rose garden, like from roses from everywhere. And it's still in existence, but it is on the nonprofit side. Every time a nonprofit is given funds, they bring a milk jug uh, for some reason filled with flower cuttings of her roses. And they're the most decadently sweet smelling roses I've ever smelled in my life and it just makes it that much more valuable when you get when you get funding from them because it's like this sweet moment of like ah it happened you know we were able to get a project funded and so it's kind of stuck with me and so I named it after this great philanthropist woman from Orlando's history that is amazing it's my favorite tea I mean I've tried Maybe like four of the teas, but this one, it's my favorite. And I just told Quinn, I just ran out, so I need to get more now. It is time. There's an order coming from Rhode Island. Yeah, and it will be continuously coming because I'm going to get the Earls, 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 which is such such a good name. I I love that so much. All right, so now 
that you have been blending tea. So we're, we're going back into your history. So when did the mm-hmm. idea of the wanting to turn this into a business come about? Was this something you worked on with your husband or was this something you've always wanted to do or pursue? So I've wanted to have my own tea company since I was a teenager. That was a dream of mine because it, it had been such a valuable component to my upbringing. I mean, I, I know I talked a little bit about my mom being you know, the person I had tea with, but it, it became friends. It became, you know, when a girlfriend needed to talk or, you know, when someone wanted to come over, the easiest way to get people to talk about what was going on in their life was over a cup of tea. And so it became such a valuable part of my everyday ritual. So I, I wanted to bring that to the rest of the world. I wanted the rest of the world to have that experience. And it's made even sweeter when the tea is good, right? That moment of connection is made even better. So I knew I always wanted to open a tea shop, but it was kind of a dream. Uh, It was kind of like, you know, how is this going to happen? I was sitting there one day, you know, I was, you know, in a minimum wage job that every millennial is, you know, put into when we started working. (laughs) Yep. We're currently here. (laughs) Yep. And, and I was sitting there going like, oh my gosh, could I be making this money on a tea company that I actually love to do? Can I, you know, can I be making the same kind of, of lifestyle? You know, I think my husband and I were maybe a little bit more like, yes, we can. But he asked me one day, what's your dream? What do you want to do long term? And I said, I, I want to start a tea company. And I was like, I feel like I'm, I've been in wandering. I've been wandering the desert and I want my own land of milk and honey. And those were the exact words I said was I'm looking for my own promised land, my own land of milk and honey. And so I was like, you know, that's actually a really good tea company name because it has multiple meanings. And a lot of people drink their tea with milk and honey. It kind of stuck. And we caught it kind of as a sign. And we said, all right, let's just, we have the capacity. Let's just make it happen. So we we started it. And we have been faithfully here through many things. We started in October 2019. So we've survived a pandemic so far. (laughs) Yeah, that was another question. Since you started just really two or three months before kind of it all hit, how did that affect the business? Like in you're trying to grow this business and all of a sudden, you know, what crazy timing. Yeah. (laughs) I sat there and I was like, maybe, maybe I believe truly in what we do. I believe in our product and, and I believe that this is something that people, not just in Orlando, but across the United States, want and they need because tea has historically in, in the U.S. been kind of uh, feminized. Absolutely. Right? The, the, the doilies and the rose petals. Oh, and, yeah. and my husband and I sat there and we were like, we want something that doesn't look exactly feminine. You know, I don't want people to be turned off. By tea. So we wanted our brand to be more of a unisex experience so that people, any person, feels comfortable coming up to us and and wanting to try tea. So it's really interesting. I've had one of my coolest moments this year was I had a guy try, and he was, you know, a pretty, like, masculine man's man, right? And, And he came up, it was a cold day, and he goes do you have a cup of tea? And I was like, he's like, I've never asked this, but the coffee place is out. And I said, I'm in a dire position. (laughs) And I said, I've got you. And I said, well, can you tell me what kind of flavors do you like? And so I gave him a sample of our fireside whiskey. And my husband's favorite. You were just talking about that, Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he goes, oh my God, is this tea? And I said, yes. And he goes, I didn't know it could taste like this. And I said, yes. I'm like, actually, tea has a lot of complexity. 
each person's a little different. So you might not like lemongrass in your tea, but you obviously like some Latsang Sushong. And so it was his first time ever purchasing tea. And he, he was like, I've never purchased tea before. Uh, this is my first time. And he was like, I'd like to take some home. And I thought, like, that was exactly what I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for an experience. I did just realize I did. I completely digress. I went down a rabbit hole and I did not answer your original question. This so I'm trying to score. OK, we just want to <laughs> just want to learn. <laughs> so, yeah. So the troubles of COVID, right, the the kind of going back to that, one of the big issues was we were sitting there. And we were so excited because in October, November, December, this company was like, we were getting so much uh, reception. We started from no followers at all. We had, you know, nothing to get started. And I think by December, we maybe had like 400 followers, right? And so I was like, yay. And then the pandemic, you know, the slower season is really like January, February, because People just purchased a lot, so they're recouping their funds, and then the pandemic hit, and it shut down all markets, which is what we were really, you know, basing a lot on, so we had to switch our focus to full online sales, and how are we going to reach people online, and so it definitely was... a a learning curve uh, that we were not expecting to be going through. Luckily, we had already built out our website, but we were doing things like Google ads and trying to get found and things I had never worked on because my my personality is a kind of one-on-one conversation and talking with the person and seeing what their likes and their dislikes are and, and how we can tailor that to tea for them. So now I'm trying to talk to the World Wide Web. It's kind of intimidating and scary. But beyond just the transition from a different method than we thought we were going to be doing, there were and continue to be serious uh, tea inventory shortages. Oh, yeah. Different really? Plants. Like, and you never know what it's going to be, mm-hmm. which is what's crazy. So... There's definitely a lot less tea that was harvested and collected because, Mm -hmm. remember, that meant that people had to be out in the fields picking the tea. It definitely made inventory on that level a lot lower. Right. But then a lot of the ingredients I use, I mean, there was a point where cinnamon was out for, like, two months. And it was in, like... October, November, December period. And I was oh, sitting no. there and I was like, <laughs> no. I, and that's like when cinnamon is in everything. everything. And I was sitting there going, how am I going to get all of this cinnamon? So luckily I had a good back order of things. So we were okay. But it definitely has been a challenge trying to learn inventory and like how much to have on, on hand if it sits there, you don't want that either. So it's definitely been like a learning process for us. And I I feel like a little bit of a baptism in fire because we've been trying to grow this company and it, it's been successful. We're doing, we're doing well, which is what's, you know, surprising. Um, Because when we started, we were all hopeful. And when the pandemic happened, we were like, okay, well, we're going to make it through. And we have. And honestly, a lot of that I give credit to my family for for really like encouraging us to continue pushing forward. But then also my husband, who's like, this is what we're doing. We've got this. Don't worry. And uh, it's really cool to have a partner who equally believes in your dreams and takes it on as their own. I wouldn't say it was necessarily a dream of his when we got started, but it has become, I mean, last night he, he works in design. So he literally has been 3D modeling our trolley that we got. We can't wait to talk so about that the we, trolley. 
I know. And and he's been doing a 3D rendering of it, which has been really cool to see it come into a digital form so that we can design it before we like actually put a paintbrush on it. That's a lot of how we do things. <laughs> I that's amazing. I love that. We were really excited. We saw you post about the tea trolley. And I don't know how much you can actually share about it because I know that there's like things forthcoming and maybe you're still figuring it out. But you have recently posted for listeners who don't follow Milk and Honey on social media. They bought a literal like trolley, like the ones that drive down city streets. And it's going to be a tea trolley. And that's all you've announced about it. And I'm so excited. (laughs) Quinn told me about this. Yeah. And it is my... It's just the best idea. I was like, wait, is it like a food truck, but for tea? So I'm so excited about it. I'm actually looking at it right now. It's out my window. It's it's actually really funny because my neighbors are all like super supportive, but we drove up in it and some of my neighbors came out and they're like, what have you done? (laughs) And one of my neighbors is actually in the food industry, started his business in a food truck. And he's like, oh, man, that's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And so, like, it, it's really funny. Our neighbors have been, like, ringing the bell and stuff. And it's been, like, kind of a whole neighborhood a joy. Uh, so Aww. they're all curious about it and they're all excited about it, which is really cute. We got this trolley, uh, but it, it was kind of a dream back in 2019, which is kind of funny. Because we sat there and we're like, we're really not, like, food truck people right like it I I love food trucks I love getting food from food trucks because it's it's really the birth of a business and it's when they I feel like a lot of times start getting more legs right you're you're like really testing how you feel about entering into this industry and you're trying to build equity so you can start your own store it's it's kind of a very sweet start to a company and so we always support food trucks but we sat there and we're like it really wouldn't go on brand with us and we thought what would be on brand and my husband goes you know what a trolley would be on brand and I was like you're very right but like how do we and so we started really looking into it because the pandemic changed a lot for both of us but my husband you know worked in theme parks Uh, He was a creative designer and pretty much 95% of our friends who were in that industry were laid off. Mm -hmm. So we were like, okay, well, what, what can we do now? And so we talked about getting the trolley, but none really came up that were a good fit for us. They were too big because once you start getting into like 25, 28 feet, it's just too much. So our, our trolley is 20 feet and it's just perfect. The first thing my husband fixed was a bell because it did, the bell didn't work. And my husband was like, that is, yeah, he was like, that is, well, and here's the even funnier part. So my husband's dream as a child was to be a tram driver at Bush Gardens. Oh my god! He wanted... You know, when you're a little kid, and that's, that's like still a dream. That's um, I love yeah. little kid dreams so much because it's always something wildly specific like that. <laughs> yeah. There's this kid that I babysit right now. I see him like once a month, and we were like, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" And he was like, "I'm gonna drive delivery trucks for Publix." And we were like, <laughs> "All right, <laughs> my yeah. well, that was the thing." Yeah. My dream when I was a child, because I'm a big football fan, I wanted to be a defensive tackle in the NFL. And I was nine years old and I was determined. I'm like, no, I can do it, dad. And he's like, you're 60 pounds, but okay. <laughs> so that was my dream. It didn't turn out, but but that's okay. No, but the tea trolley, I, I love this idea. So it's like a food truck and you'll be but you're serving tea and be driving it around like through the Orlando area. Is that the plan? Yeah. So we are, we're working on some of the specifics right now where it's going to go. I'm, I'm a little, we're not quite applying to markets at this moment. I think it'll be ready in more like late February, early March. 
Okay. Um, so we're kind of keeping, because we have to do a lot of interior work. Uh, I think we're actually going to be doing like, I can't, I can't on that one, but okay. uh, we've got to paint it. <laughs> uh, we've got to paint it and get it all prepped and everything. And so it's going to take some work, but we are, we are looking to add in every once in a while, some fun things like a charcuterie board. Uh, we love the puns. Stop. We live for the, the tea puns. Oh. I love everything about the idea of this. I don't even know what it is. And I'm like, I'm in. Where can I sign up? Nope. So basically like an afternoon tea in a board, like in a in a box. So instead of a charcuterie board, it would have like scones, jams, all like kind of put together fruits, little cakes. So that would be on more like special occasions. I'm talking with local bakers right now, which is really fun. One in particular I'm talking with does like really specialty cupcakes that look like flowers and succulents. And so it's like very Instagram worthy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah. So we're we're pretty excited. We we will be predominantly doing so Orlando has had this rise of the boba tea movement. So. I definitely think everyone loves their own thing, but I would love to see a tea company and a tea truck in particular, this is why we're doing it, that does like gourmet luxury drinks that are specifically about the quality of the beverage. I would like to uh, go back for a moment when you were talking about um, yeah. getting your ingredients. So where do you get your supplies from? Like not only the tea, but all the other ingredients to make tea. Where are you sourcing these things from? A lot of our, so a lot of times it's interesting. We have people ask, you know, oh, where, where are you getting your tea yeah. from? Uh, because people are very interested in, in its location now. So a lot of our tea it, I always tell people, you want to go with the farms that have been around for a long time. So mm-hmm. it wouldn't make sense to get an Assam tea that's grown somewhere else other than in right. India. You right. know what I'm saying? Like, you want the quality tea where it really originated from. And the U.S., climate-wise, doesn't have the best climate for growing right. Camellia sinensis. It kind of between the tropics of Florida and a little further north, because you do need some cold, you know, you need cold, you need elevation. So we really don't have a lot that makes it possible to grow tea here. Um, And then a lot of our, our spices and herbs are, and, you know, fruit pieces are kind of sourced from all over. A lot of fruit surprisingly comes from Germany. I guess they do a lot of like dried dried fruits so I have I have sources there you know our rooibos comes from you know South Africa just our uh, a lot of our green teas are Chinese or Japanese based because it's where they come from you know our chamomile is Egyptian so it's it's really like from all over the world that these teas are being uh sourced and uh, I do try to work with you know smaller smaller farms it can be, it has its own difficulties because again, if you're not a, if you don't have a major tea farm, if you're a little smaller, you might be doing, for example, everything organic, like in an organic method, but they may not have the funds to actually pay for the, you know, organic seal. So there's all of those trials as well. Yeah. But a lot of, if we can, we try to go organic with our ingredients because I think it, it matters to the flavor. Right. No, absolutely. That's that's so fascinating to me because that's another reason why I love tea. It's just this world beverage, n- number two to water, of course. But yeah, it's from all over the place and not just central to Europe or Asia. It's just every single place has their own specific type of tea. So I, I yeah. love learning about that. That's, that's awesome. It's so cool. <laughs> it's definitely something I'd like to integrate into our tea company is providing information about cultural tea experiences. So in a dream world, when I have my own shop, we would do like 
uh, cultural experiences of like a matcha sem- uh, ceremony and we would do a Russian tea house experience. We would do the traditional London, you know, or, or English tea, you know, all of these different experiences we would bring in as a learning concept as well, because I think there's something about traveling through a cup of tea that's really exciting. That's a lot of what we love to do on here. I uh, had my wedding in September and our honeymoon got canceled the day before. So we ended up going to Seattle because my maid of honor lives out there. So she was like, you can stay with me. We'll figure it out, whatever. And I had been doing all of this research and whatnot on the Gung Fu tea ceremony. And out there, because obviously, you know, they're closer to that side of the world. There's a lot of like actual Chinese tea stores and whatnot. So we went to this one that was recommended by another tea store that we went to. And the gentleman there was from China. His family has been growing tea in China for like four generations. Wow. And he gets it all shipped directly from his family. And he's so cool because he's just so knowledgeable and it's a true source of like that culture and learning about it and actually being able to have the tea ceremony as close as he could with COVID because he had to have like something up between us and he couldn't use the actual cups and whatever. But being able to learn that from someone who actually knows about it and can share it with you is so valuable and so eye-opening because I think Mm -hmm. a lot of American tea is very like, what does Starbucks serve? Or like, Lipton or um (laughs) that's why when I was in high school and Tivana was a thing that was like their actual brick and mortar stores I was like that was my discovery of what tea could actually Mm be right because they did different blends and they would make you blends right there and they were like okay smell it and then we'll talk about it and it became this like it's almost like wine now right yeah. Or like we, we compare so it to I, actually um, brewing beer a lot. Like, you know, the same, like you say, yeah. Kim, like the botanicals in beer uh, and tea sometimes can be very similar. Back to the tea blends, because I'm very interested in this. So what was, I'm very interested in all of this, but what was the first blend that you created that you were like, yes, this is it. This is sellable. This is something that we can, we can work with. <sighs> I think I, when I was like, okay, I, I'm starting this company. I think I started with Earl Grey because I was like, if I can't get a good Earl Grey, then I can't be around. When we went to London this past year, um, I went with my mom and I was sitting there and I was like, I, you know, let me get an Earl Grey. And I was almost kind of sitting there going, okay, am I going to be happy with it in comparison to my tea? Like, am I... I was kind of using it a little bit as a as a measuring right. stick. And in no way I'm trying to sound conceited, but I sat there and I was like, man, I did good. Like I yes. and, and it was such a a proud moment, I guess, for me, because I, I sat there and would go to a different tea house almost every day because why You're would, in why London. wouldn't you? <laughs> You're in London. So I I would sit there and I'd go, all right, I'm spot on. Like I've got, like, I've got this, like I, I've got it. So it was very exciting for me to, to have that. But then beyond that, I think the first more creative blend that I made was Garden Dreams. And that one is a chamomile base and it has rose petals, lavender, peppermint, and vanilla, just like a little hint of vanilla. And it is one of my most popular teas. It is kind of my take on a sleepy time tea. And I wanted to make something for that because when I grew up, I had a bit of a hard time falling asleep. And uh, my mom would always make me a cup of tea with a special ingredient. And it was always chamomile with honey and her (laughs) special ingredient. And I it drove me nuts. I would I would ask her, like, what's the ingredient? What is the ingredient? What's inside? Right? Um, and, and I was relentless. I mean, and this went on for years, like not a short period of time. And she would just smile this really, like, sweet smile. And she'd like, she would tell me, I'll let you know when you have a daughter of your own. <laughs> well, 
one day it went out that the ingredient was love. Oh. And I was mildly disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but then very inspired that that she would pour love into making me a cup of tea in the evenings when, you know, I was either cranky or was not the most lovable version of myself because I'm tired, but I can't sleep. So Garden Dreams was, I think, the second blend that I, I put together. And I love it. It's, it's, it's very delicious and it's a perfect way to end your day. Oh, that sounds incredible. It's, yeah, now I want to try that. What is the prominent flavor there? Because I feel any, anything with peppermint, like that seems to be <clears> like the bold flavor, but, or is it more of a chamomile? forward I guess this will say so it's definitely more chamomile okay. forward but you get the chilling effect of the peppermint oh, in sounds it incredible okay so I I'm very careful with mints yeah. in general because mint mm-hmm. can be very strong right. and it, you don't want to taste well some people do some people love just a straight up peppermint I love tea. it yeah yeah but you don't want when you've got all this mixture of flavors to feel like you're drinking toothpaste, right? Yes. Uh, unless you're in your head, you're going, I want a mint tea. Moroccan mint is one of my favorite teas. It's that nice, you know, it's got a little bit of the gunpowder green tea in there with spearmint, peppermint. And it's fabulous, especially when you heavily sweeten it with a mixture of honey and sugar. You got to have both. Yeah. Yeah, if you if you add both, it definitely changes the whole profile of the tea, which is fun. And then I often, I have spearmint and peppermint in my yard, so I will add a sprig of, of spearmint, kind of muddle it in there, and it's just, mwah. but needless to say, peppermint can quickly overpower yeah. any flavors that you add. So you want to use it sparingly when you're combining it with, other flavors. Uh, So the peppermint is not overpowering with the garden dreams. And you do, it's interesting because the rose is there, but it's not too much. The lavender is there. It's not too much. It's just this like nice, even. I'm making like a shopping list of teas that I'm getting now. (laughs) So garden dream. All right. Got it. Perfect. You said that this was one of your best-selling teas. So what is the best-selling tea? Like, does it surprise you? What is the most popular or is it seasonal? So I would say it's kind of interesting. We get a lot of our sales in fall and in Mm -hmm. winter. That's really when people, and that's something we're working on showing people that tea is not just a cold weather beverage. Um, A lot of times we have people ask, like, how do I make this ice? And we've actually made a mental note it's on my to-do list but my to-do list is like a million pages Mm -hmm. long that we are going to incorporate on on our bag with our label it shows how to make Mm -hmm. hot tea but I would like to show the same way to make iced tea right you know if you're making one cup how do you make an iced tea of it so it's it's definitely very prominent in my to-do list but tea can be consumed at any time of day, of Mm -hmm. year. It's just on how you prepare it. So I would say during fall, our most popular is surprisingly witch's potion. Did we not just talk about this quiz? Like witch witch is tea or witch's brew? (laughs) I I still have it right Ah. here, Lily. That was my my Christmas gift to Quinn. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. So our witch's potion is Essentia base. I wanted a fall flavor that wasn't all Mm -hmm. cinnamon. Right? Oh, thank you. Tends to be a flavor that overpowers during during the fall. And with good reason. But I wanted something that would be a little bit different. So we made a Essentia base with uh, cranberry, a little hint of peppermint in there. Because I wanted something that was familiar but also cooling uh so it felt a little spooky um when you drank it and it it is one of our most popular and then second would be only because it's been around longer is our jack's harvest it is our version of a pumpkin chai 
I have a feeling our butter brew is going to start taking its place soon. That one's a year round mm-hmm. drink. Oh, thank you. Yeah, we, we decided that that one's got to be year round. I'm actually, I have all of these kind of fandom teas yeah. in mind that yes. eventually we're going to have like a fandom. It, it's, you know, it's slow going because it's, but I, I definitely have it in mind, but that's something I would like to do. We'll be doing a lot of themed things on the trolley. The butter brew is actually, so backtracking, I found your tea at Maffrey's, which I found actually when they were in their original location, I think, I want to say that was like a teeny tiny, teeny tiny store and they outgrew it during the pandemic and (laughs) had to move, which is such a feat. And I said something about tea one day and Jeffrey was like, oh, tea, and just like handed me one of your teas. And it was the pink flamingo, which is still one of my favorites because I love mango in in anything. My mom then was watching my house and met you at one of their events at Maffrey's. Yeah. I think told you about our podcast because my mom loves to tell everyone (laughs) that we have a podcast. That's so cute. Parents are so wholesome. We don't deserve them sometimes. (laughs) Um, But she bought the butter brew because you had it that day. Because I think you brought it like for the event. And she was like, I bought it so that you could try some. But then I drank it all. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I need it. So it's been on my list. But um, I have a tea cabinet that is overflowing. And I've been told I need to drink some down before I can make any more purchases. This will continue to be a problem with Quinn. I I, I just got so much tea for Christmas. So my kitchen cart, I had to repurpose that. Now it's just full of tea. But that's that's all my goal. My goal in life is to live in a house with, well, a tea room would be ideal. But I would like to start with a tea cabinet um, (laughs) that's only tea. And it never runs out. And it's always, always a full variety Options for everyone who comes over. Exactly. When my boyfriend was visiting, I was like, oh, would you, I'm going to make some tea. What would you like? And then he goes, oh, tea. And I was like, no, no, what tea specifically? I'm slowly helping him. I'm starting him off with the the Earl Grey's. So slowly he'll become like me and obsessed with tea. On one of our first dates, we went to, we were just going through these shops and there was a loose leaf tea house that I went in and I kind of freaked out I was like oh my gosh this oh this tea like smell this this is amazing and he sort of was like oh I guess this is something that she's into not understanding it yet but now he knows <laughs> that we're we're obsessed with the tea and always always will be really but I wanted to ask yeah. too what is your favorite tea I feel like maybe it changes depending on the season Ooh, I know okay. it's a tough one hmm. It really is tough because this is going to sound, I don't know, indecisive, but it really depends on my mood. I totally Um, understand that. So, (laughs) so, you know, for example, I almost always have my top of the morning. It's just a traditional, bold Irish breakfast blend for breakfast. But sometimes I'm in the mood for my chai because I want something sweet. And I like to add a little milk to it. And so it's like, especially if I've got some vanilla, I add a pump of vanilla. Ooh, so good. So it's like a vanilla chai. So that might be my morning. My afternoon, I almost always go for a matcha. Almost always. Whether it's a matcha lemonade, if it's really hot out, or a matcha latte or whatnot. Um, I'm playing around with a lot of fun matcha flavors right now. Mm. So like white chocolate, Mm. raspberry. So I'll keep you guys posted on those. And then for the evening, I always go with something a little bit less caffeinated. So it's either a green tea, usually another like green tea. And then bedtime is, you know, some kind of an herbal. So I drink tea literally throughout my entire day. And it really, again, depends on what season it is and how I'm feeling. So I I don't know if you can tell, but I'm a little bit, you know, snuffly right now is like the best word. So I've been drinking a lot of our tropical Mm -hmm. mint. It is soothing. It helps kind of, you know, it's, it's hydrating. So it has been really nice with some honey uh, to like kind of 
work through the little cold that we've been going through in our household. So, yeah. Yes. I know that doesn't answer oh, you did. it because it's not fair, but um, it really, really depends on how I'm feeling. Because, like, this morning, I was like, you know what? I'm not in the mood for chai or for top right. of the morning. So I'm going to go with black currant. And sometimes it's Della's rose, but it's almost always yeah. black tea when I yeah. wake up. Just gotta have that bold. Absolutely. Kit. No, I think that's totally fair. That's like tea has so much variety. You're not gonna have just one one you go to every day. And like you said, depending on the time of day, it's going to change. So you have a favorite tea for each time of the day. So yeah, you answered it. Yeah. <laughs> I would say. Yeah, I think one of our most popular, like I said, is our garden mm-hmm. dreams. But our pink flamingo is really popular during the holidays. One of our most popular teas this year was our gingerbread. We got that one. (laughs) That one's newer. And then we also added in, well, we always have the fireside whiskey. And that one is surprisingly very popular. I mean, like, it's kind of funny because people who love it, love it. And people who don't love it, do not love it. And so there's one of each in my household. And the other person doesn't understand why the one person loves it. I could not understand why Dave liked these certain teas that had like this weird smoky thing about them. And then I learned what Lapsang Sushong was. And I was like, oh, everything he likes is this. (laughs) Okay, so I can tell you a fun fact about Lapsang that you might not know. And I think this says more about the tea than the person. But Winston Churchill's favorite tea was Lapsang Sushong. Wow. I Now that I know that fact, it's one of my favorite tea facts because it's like, it makes so much sense. It's a little, it's a little like strong, abrasive, smoky, right? You sit there and you're like, oh, wow, that is a very powerful tea. And it matches his personality perfectly. Ooh. Yeah, that's yeah. crazy. I never would have thought about it though. But once you say it, I'm like, oh yeah, for sure. I will, okay, Quinn also sent me these teas from, what was the tea pack, Quinn? It was like teas, but with this sort of alcohol flavoring. So there was a whiskey, there was a bourbon, a cognac. Somebody got those So yeah, for we're going to try those. Because I'm, now hearing you guys talk about it, I, I want to try more of these teas. They're probably not something I would be into, but we got to try it, right? Oh yeah, I'll send you, I have some okay. saying I can send you too. Dave got a huge thing of it when we were in Seattle, so oh, I'll steal some. Mm. Can't wait for that. <laughs> also, I so on the website, I know you have obviously all your teas, the loose leaf, but you also have a section for tea accessories. So this is more of a personal question for me, but what what are the top like <laughs> three tea accessories that you recommend for everyone who loves tea? Like what are the essentials that you need in your tea cabinet? That's a great question. I think there are okay, absolutely love the mena. I use my mena frequently. It is, it was actually created by the woman who used to do a whole bunch of things in design for David's tea. And she broke off and started her own company. And it's made of like a dual metal. So it keeps your tea really hot or cold if you want it cold. But the best part of it is, and this is such a first world problem and I say it, but it, it does make an impact. I've had so many steepers where the tea leaves like the steeper remains in yeah. there with the tea leaves and I yep. hate yes. that because I sit there and I go where am I supposed to put these tea leaves so now I'm pulling it out I'm in the car I've got <laughs> these tea leaves that I'm like okay I'm gonna just toss it out the window but yep. I'm burning myself I'm getting tea everywhere and then I'm like okay maybe I just put it in the cup holder but now it's, I've got this puddle of tea in my cup holder and it's just it's such a first world problem but I, yeah. it's real and so you literally just spin this ring and it stops it steeping. This what? Yeah, it stops it. It stops it from steeping, and it starts it from steeping. So I'm actually reaching out to them today because that was a pretty big Christmas gift item that we, you know, everyone purchased that for their okay. tea lovers this year. So I'm restocking on that. But it is really cool, and it's sealed. So it you take it on the go with you. If you want to put uh-huh. it in your backpack, it's got O-rings everywhere, so it doesn't leak. It's like oh, the that's perfect... amazing. 
on the I have my tea thermos I just got. It has a strainer in that. And I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, well, what if I want to put green tea in here that steeps for one minute? I don't want this to be steeping for hours. But how do I sort of like stop that? But yeah, I guess I just don't have the right product. That's so fascinating, though. Yeah. Well, and again, this one just came out. It's a brand new, brand new product that came out like a year, a year, year and a half ago. And I don't know many places that Mm -hmm. are carrying it, uh, which is, I think, why it was so popular with us, because people were trying to find it. So I think I might have only like one left in stock. So I really have to make a get on it. But um, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but it's really cool because it's run, like I said, by these by these fabulous women. And they're actually coming out with new products, too. So I'll be keeping you posted. I often when I when someone is getting started mm-hmm. in the tea industry, when they're they're like just finding out what they like, what flavors, I always recommend that they get one of our mugs. It's like that. It, it's just a basic like white, mm-hmm. black or red mug. But because it has the mug and the steeper, it's pretty convenient for people. It's easy. A lot of times people will go to a yeah. tea ball, but it's not the ideal way of steeping tea because the tea leaves become constrained they don't get to dance around the way that they're supposed to in an open basket so you get the full infusion of the tea leaves so i i have tea balls there because it's a great introduction into the world of tea but it is not the i and it's the cheapest way to get started right but it is not the ideal preparation method so a lot of times i will use the mug myself uh, it's nice when you have like two mugs or four mugs because then every person at the table can choose whatever t- you know flavor right. of tea they want. But those are just with the little baskets, so that's a thing I always have in a cabinet. And then my husband's favorite way of making tea because he always wants to share the exact flavor that I have is the gravity okay. tea steeper, and that oh, just goes like right over the mug, and it's super easy to clean. They're really easy to use. Uh, So that's the way he prepares tea. So it's kind of funny because we have multiple methods in our household. And it really depends on how many Mm -hmm. people are drinking and, like, for what reason. But the Mena is definitely one that's, like, the product I'm most excited about having. And then I love a good just traditional pot of tea. But, yeah, if you're asking me what, like, cool, a lot of people like the Tuffy Steeper. Because it is like the the straining basket made out of silicone. Okay. So it's, you know, it's uh, cooking grade silicone. And little pieces don't really mm-hmm. go through or anything. It, it definitely creates the straining process. And it fits in almost every mug okay. and teacup. So it's kind of easy to use as well. And it collapses right. so it goes into your kitchen well, drawer really this nice. Is, this is exactly what I'm talking so. about because I use the tea ball a lot because you know I I like to make a pot of tea if I know I'm gonna be drinking it for a while if I'm here but you know I'm just one person so I'm usually just making a single serve but this is what I'm talking about like I need that information where you're saying that the leaves need actually room to expand and that's not really optimal I'm so happy I know that now there you so go I gotta, I gotta get some new speakers <laughs> so definitely. Ha- have you ever noticed that when you have a tea ball and you open it up it like yes. all the tea leaves want to yes. just like come they're out the, yeah that's because they're they're constricted. So you're actually only getting part part of the flavor. You're not getting all of the okay. tea leaf flavor. This has been the podcast this past year. When we started, <laughs> I just drank Bigelow, green tea, and Earl Grey. And in the past year, I've learned how to actually steep my tea, not steep my green tea to death. I've learned all these different methods. So that's thanks to Quinn. But now you are telling me that these loose leaf, that they need to dance around. Tea could taste so yeah. much better even than, than I have now. So I'm, oh, I'm so excited. I need some new steepers, so That's clearly yes. the, the thing here. <laughs> I know, Quinn, you have a bunch of cool equipment. You just got like a new uh, tea kettle that you can like adjust the exact temperature to. And it, that one is super cool. Oh, yeah. Cool. So we don't carry those yet, but that is like, I've been told that I need to start putting little cards in our, our boxes because when I'm in person, I definitely harp on the fact that like 
you need to take steep your tea yeah. at the right temperature or it can burn. A lot of people don't realize that tea burns. And so that's why people have this like, ooh, tea. Like, yeah. Mm, it's bitter. And I'm like, no, then you're not mm-hmm. making it right and you're not having good enough quality tea. I'm in person always telling people it's very important that you, you know, steep it at the right temperature for the right amount of time or it's right. not going to be good quality. But I've learned I need to put like a card in the box that's like almost right. like a disclaimer. Like, remember, it's very important mm-hmm. to do this. Follow the instructions because you want a good cup right. of tea every time. And we work really hard to make sure that like the timing and the temperature is all been vetted mm-hmm. by us. No, that's oh, there's that's just amazing. so much to learn. Yeah, I was I started very small, but now I know all the different types. Like green tea was a tea that. I was like, no, I don't like it's it's bitter and gross. And Quinn's like, well, your tea bag is still in the water after five minutes. I'm like, yeah, no, this is just how I have tea. Well, that was wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, no. I love green tea because I I actually uh, was having some green tea last night and I have the timer on my phone. I'm like, sixty seconds and out, and it was perfect. But these are things I'm I'm learning. Yeah, we definitely when we started this podcast, we were like, yep. we love tea, but we know nothing. Yeah, and that brings it's, it back to with like we've been super passionate about passionate about finding local businesses and local business owners from where we are um, because it is so community based and so easily community based. Yeah. So we're so thankful yes. that you were willing to come and yeah. talk to us and be our first like actual guest. I have loved it. So definitely keep me in mind in the future. If you have like specific things, I will 100% thank you. Be back yes, on. thank you so much. We are also for sure going to come find you when that tea trolley is yes. driving around. Oh yeah, ding ding! It, I'm so I'm so excited. I can't even begin to tell you. It's going to be. It's going to change. I think the way that people understand yeah. tea here locally. But we, we're going to be doing a lot of really fun thematic things as well. Uh, I just can't wait. I just oh, can't it's wait. It's going to explode. I mean, uh, like, I'm, I'm visiting Quinn uh, in Orlando early February. You said that the tea toy is coming out in March. Quinn, we might have to adjust our dates so that we can time time it with the tea toy. <laughs> I'll um, keep I do, you posted. Just a couple more questions about where person. people can find your tea obviously the milk and honey website and I know we can buy it at Maffrey's in Orlando but are there any other places that you sell your tea so we are actually going to be expanding here soon we have a few people Ooh. that we're working with but I can't okay. give like any concrete at the moment because the it still has to go through but we are working with local cafes places that are opening up oh you can get our tea at uh, prepared at coterie Ooh. coffee co yeah you can get our tea at coterie coffee co they make our tea on site they just started a few years ago they they actually roast their own coffee but i went in and got to have like a whole lesson with them about tea and how to prepare it so you can okay i'm gonna go there. find it on the list, so exciting. And then your, uh, all the social media for Milk and Honey, is it all at Milk and Honey for Instagram and otherwise? Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, Milk, Mm -hmm. the letter N, Honey, T, and you'll be able to find us. No, a lot is happening this year. Yes. Okay. Definitely. We'll let you bring you back. You need to tell yeah. us about the tea trolley <laughs> and the journey that the trolley is taking uh, through Florida and the world. And I, oh, yeah. I can't wait. You need to have like a, it's unlike <laughs> anything you need else like I've a ever trolley heard. tracker app yeah. so that people can find the trolley as you travel the world. Yeah. So, so cool. we want it to feel like a good and proper cup of tea that will travel around and we'll be at different events. We'll be, you know, at different, we're probably going to also do some catered events with it. Yeah. So that I was going to say, I'm upset I couldn't have this at my wedding. Okay. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) We were too late. (laughs) Okay. But really it would be super cool because Dave and I do like photography on the side and if this showed up at someone's wedding, I'd be like, oh my gosh, all the photos we could take. take You wouldn't take any pictures of the wedding. But this, this tea trolley though. So that's going to be the centerpiece. 
But yeah, Quinn, do you have any yeah. other uh, questions for Alexis here? Listen, I have I'm a million, like, but we yes, have to let her you. live her but life. Again, thank you so much for talking to us. This has been an absolute joy. Uh, thank we you. truly love your tea. And I know we've wanted to do this for a while. So thank you so much for taking time to to talk to to these two, yeah. two people. Yes. I love talking with people about tea um, yeah. because it's a shared passion and we are we are a growing community of tea lovers here uh, because tea has a whole history in the United States that's very different from around the world, which is why coffee right. has been reigning as king here. But I think we're seeing that change. And so please reach out anytime you want. Uh, I would oh, love to talk thank with you, you so much. Oh, this is Thank you great. so much. But yes, uh, we'll keep our eyes open for the All tea right. trolley. So. Yeah, and hope to talk to you soon. If All you right. guys have any any questions you want us yeah. to ask on your behalf, you can feel free to reach out on to us through our social media at Give It a Chai Pod anywhere mm-hmm. on the social media realm, or you can email us at Give It a Chai Pod at gmail dot com, um, and go find some milk and honey tea because yeah. it is which is so which good. is potion. We got butter brew. We got garden dream. I'm just reading my grocery list right now. Earl Grey variety pack. Go get that. <laughs> Look for the tea trolley, so. <laughs> yes. All right. We'll, we'll talk to everybody next week. Bye. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye.